Maybe the best weekend of football all fall. What a lineup we've got with Alabama LSU on Saturday. You know I'm on an 11-3 and streak in college football. Can't wait to give out that pick. And in the NFL, we were hot last weekend. And folks, I cannot stress enough how we can't wait to talk about Rams Saints, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, your boy 4-1 and in the Super Contest last week. Let me say this about Thursday Night Football, Mr. Andrew Lynch. This game reminds me of the cantina scene from Star Wars. Let's go! Another edition of Coming Up Winners. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us again. As always, I'm your host, Jason McIntyre, joined by my main man, Andrew Lynch. Andrew, how happy are you heading into this phenomenal football weekend? Everything is awesome. No, it's great. It's going to be a great gambling weekend, great football weekend. Spent all my gambling winnings so far this season on a fancy dinner this week to celebrate the World Series being over, getting a little free time back. I'm great. Living the dream. Let's do this. To all our listeners, do you want to say what the fancy restaurant was? Maybe if they want to sponsor us down the line. <laughs> Andrew Lynch always playing it close to the vest. All right, boys and girls, I got to say, we're, we're starting this podcast today with hashtag put up or shut up. Last week, we got three. We got three bets. I went one and two. Not my best effort. This week, only got one. Folks, I mean, step it up in the put up or shut up game. Do you not want my hard-earned money? Little zigzag theory here. People think, no, you went one and two last week. You must go three and oh this week. Oh, uh, so, yes. Yeah. Our audience is smart, J-Mac. They yes. know what's up. Well, except for at Zazu the Wise, he put in an interesting NFL bet. And it's, it's actually one that I'm really looking at in the Super Contest. Chiefs. At Browns. Now, Lynch, the line we're seeing as we're recording this now, Thursday morning here on the West Coast, Chiefs favored by eight and a half on the road. Let me just make a case for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, boy. You, do you have to? I, no, I actually like the Browns. All right. Like, in all seriousness, uh, where do we want to start? I mean, should I gas up the Chiefs that I'm seeing according to your guys at uh, DVOA, the Football Outsiders? They're calling this... Chiefs offense the best in the NFL passing since Randy Moss and the Patriots in 2007? Stealing my thunder, sir. Yep. I mean, that's insane. That's how good Pat Mahomes has been. They are uh, the number one DVOA offense, but guess what the Browns are? Number three in DVOA defense. We're forgetting, because the Browns were blown out last week by Pittsburgh and two weeks ago by the Chargers, that this is a pretty good defense. And I want to say, like, I think the Browns can hang with them because... Of two reasons. Number one, the Chiefs, the last two times they went on the road, they gave up 6.5 yards per play to the Broncos, 6.7 yards per play to the Patriots. And the formula is not that difficult. Run the football, right? Keep Pat Mahomes off the field. I believe Nick Chubb can lead the way for the Browns. And the second one is, it's kind of the, the new coach theory. Now, there's no real numbers to back this up. I can't quantify it. But when you fire your head coach and your offensive coordinator, you maybe flip the, 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 the chi in the locker room, if you will, from negative, toxic, Hugh's getting fired, Todd Haley hates him, there, to a positive one, right? And you get this new guy coming in, Freddie Kitchens is the new offensive coordinator. I am not that familiar with him, but I've been reading up on him. This is his shot. And like Andrew Lynch, you know what that means. A guy gets a chance, and he's going to put 24-hour days into this game. This is his, 
hey, man, I could coach in this league. I could be an offensive coordinator. And I was playing a clip for Andrew before this from the movie Troy, the great movie Troy with Brad Pitt in it. And they're, uh, uh, you know, the Greeks are attacking the beach and on the boat, Brad Pitt is making this passion speech as Achilles. Immortality, take it, it's yours. If I'm the Browns, that's the mentality I go into this game with, and that's why I like the Browns getting eight and a half. They were attacking Troy. Troy, they were attacking Troy. Okay, sorry. I Sure, take it, it's yours. Take the advantage of the number one team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, versus the 30th team in the NFL, the Cleveland, or excuse me, the 27th team in the NFL. I should give the Browns more credit. Yes. The Cleveland Browns. They're 30th in offense. That Browns defense is a very good defense. They they turn the opposing offense over quite a bit. They get to the quarterback. Patrick Mahomes could throw two, three interceptions in this game, and the Chiefs could still cover. The Browns offense is so anemic. Granted, the Chiefs defense, nothing to write home about, but at eight, eight and a half, I was all over this line on, on the side of Kansas City. Nine and a half, ten, I still like the Chiefs. I'm not going to be shocked because this Browns team is so, there's so much variance with Cleveland. We don't, on the offensive side of the ball in particular, you just don't know what you're going to get week in and week out. I'm not going to be shocked if the Browns cover here. I'm not even going to be shocked if they make this a very close game into the fourth quarter. If the defense can, you know, carry its end of the bargain. But the likeliest outcome by a vast majority, yes. is the Chiefs cover here. Yeah, the numbers scream Chiefs. I do want to add one quick note. Chiefs center is in concussion protocol, didn't practice Wednesday. Two guards on the IR. So that's a line that's beat up. I think Miles Garrett could have a game. So Mr. Zazu the Wise, give me the Browns, plus 8.5. Say it with your chest. All right, Lynch, time for good bet, bad bet. And I'm going to start with a game that jumped out at me instantly, you know, for the Super Contest. I absolutely love the Tampa Bay Bucks. I know nobody ever says that. No, there's nothing to love about Tampa Bay. Although, uh, according to people I know, of course, I cannot attach my name to this. It is a great strip club town. You know, the Vegas of the East Coast, Tampa Bay, lovely uh, this time of year. I think plus six, the Bucks. I, I got to be all over that. Uh, this, for me, is a sell high on the Carolina Panthers. They are on fire. But, listen, that secondary is susceptible. Eli had a field day against them, I think, through for 300 yards, a couple TDs. Carson Wentz lit them up for three quarters in Philly. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I like Fitz Magic in this spot. You know, this is a guy, of a journeyman who's been through a lot. He's actually never faced Cam Newton, according to the numbers I've seen. And in this divisional matchup, Carolina has dominated, winning eight of the last ten, but three of the last four have been decided by three points or less. You know how the familiarity is between division rivals. For me, I got to take the Bucks at six. I think this number even comes down a bit. The public, obviously, all over Carolina. This is a weird spot for me because I think this is a bad bet, but I like your logic. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just hucking the ball downfield this season. 10.8 yards per attempt, 9.95 net uh, adjusted net yards per attempt when you factor in the sacks that he's taking and the interceptions that he's thrown. Of qualified passers, he's tops in the NFL in yards per attempt, top in adjusted net yards per attempt, and second in touchdown percentage. He's throwing a touchdown pass on 9% of his dropbacks. The only quarterback who's been better this season, Patrick Pat Mahomes, Mahomes, obviously. 9.1%. All that said, the Buccaneers have the worst defense in football. This Panthers team is kind of sneakily creeping up the DVO rankings. They're up to no. fourth in the NFL. Fourth? Fourth. 
Fourth overall in total DVOA, the Carolina Panthers. Oh, excuse me, fifth overall. The Buccaneers are, you know, a bottom 10 team. I I think the Panthers win this by a touchdown, but so you're probably a little bit of sweat here. Give me Carolina, but you're you're really banking on Fitzpatrick having a couple of big passing touchdown plays if you want Tampa Bay here. So this is like a good question when it comes to the numbers versus the spot, okay? I like the spot to take Tampa. You like the numbers to take Carolina. So as a gambler, Lynch, how do you reconcile that? Like how much goes into your uh, you know process of spot, say 20%, numbers, 75%, you know, injuries, 5%, whatever? I mean, it really comes down to what you mean by spot. To me, spot kind of encompasses a few things. It encompasses a team's recent travel record. Are they, have they been on the road a lot? Have they been at home? Are they rested? It encompasses injuries, and it kind of encompasses uh, matchups as well. Is there a specific matchup that you like or don't like? I'll go back to that Rams-Packers game last week. The Rams are a decidedly better team than the Packers, but the Packers were able to take advantage of the fact that the Rams' defense isn't necessarily stout against the run. They kept the ball on the ground early, Went away from that in the second quarter, unfortunately, but Aaron Rodgers still had a big game, and it was because of that specific matchup, that specific spot, if you will, that the Packers were able to cover there. So it really, to me, it depends on what you mean by spot. Okay, let me uh, elaborate a little. So Cam Newton and the Panthers went into Washington, couple turnovers in the first quarter, couldn't fully come back and win that. Then they go to Philadelphia, down 17 nothing to start the fourth. They make an incredible rally. And then you follow up with the thrashing of a tired Baltimore team. So for me, the narrative in the media is Cam Newton, fringe MVP candidate, Carolina, dangerous come postseason. Everything for me says, let me look at the other side because we know the media narratives tend to spiral out of control. So I like Tampa getting six. Lynch, would you take Carolina here or is this a sidestep game for you? Half unit play on Carolina. Here. Half unit, okay. All right, let's move on to the next one. Possibly the second best game of the weekend, depending on, uh, I guess, your interests. But the Green Bay Packers getting five and a half going into New England. For me, you know, this is Patriots or nothing. And I know that's going to sound surprising because it's a big number. Uh, Green Bay now 0-3 on the road this season. Okay. Aaron Rodgers' first career start at Gillette Stadium. We know the Patriots' dominance if you're into trends. Last five years at home in night games, Patriots 12-2, and two, okay? This, this is just a good, for me, spot for the Patriots. Everybody just saw the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in, in uh, L.A. Oh, man, they almost won that game. If they hadn't fumbled, Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble, Packers win that, you know? And there's a narrative that, oh, the Packers should have won that. I, I just don't buy any of that. We saw the Patriots come out lackadaisical on Monday night, you know? Short week. Well, wait a sec. Were they focused on Buffalo or were they already thinking about the date in primetime with Aaron Rodgers? I like Patriots here. Good bet. Uh, the pa- like I said, the Packers had quite a bit of success running the ball against the Rams, but the, the Rams are 25th in rushing defensive DVOA. The Patriots are a top 10 rush defense, and on the other side, they're a top 10 rushing offense. I love how balanced this Patriots offense is, especially with their essentially four-headed monster uh, at the running back position. Green Bay's 29th in defensive line play versus the run. I think the Patriots get to the line quickly, but instead of passing the ball a lot, they're just going to be running the ball down the Packers' throats. 
I love this bet for you at minus five and a half for the Patriots. With that said, we're going to revisit this game a little Uh-oh. bit later because there is something interesting in the numbers here. Now, I, I got to say, I'm shocked to hear the Patriots are a top 10 run defense. I would like to actually, I'll dive after the podcast further into who they faced. I know they bottled up Buffalo uh, on Monday night. Their run game could do nothing, but that does surprise me because this Patriots defense, we saw them get lit up. Absolutely lit up by Kansas City uh, in primetime a few weeks ago. And the Bears, Mitch Trubisky himself rushed for like 81 yards. So uh, it'll be interesting. I I think that's Patriots or nothing for me. And finally, we got to talk about the game of the week. Rams, the undefeated Rams getting a point and a half in New Orleans. Folks, uh, this feels like the winner goes to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, if the Rams win this, they will now have a two-game lead for home field advantage I don't see how they can fail here with that. You know, I know they lost in the postseason at home last year, the Falcons, but we're going to start hearing the can they go undefeated chance if the Rams get through this one. couple things jump out at me. First of all, the line opened Rams favored by one, and a lot of professional money came in on the Saints. So now it swings. Not a, it's zero, not as key of a number as three. So it's over at one and a half now favored the Saints are. They're hot. We know the public's going to come in on them, right? They've won, what, six in a row. I do want to say, if you watch that Vikings game closely, and I was actually at a Halloween pumpkin carving thing outside, and I had, the, you know, somebody had the game on. Okay, Vikings were leading that game 13-10. Adam Thielen inside uh, Saints territory fumbles and kind of flipped the game, did it not? I mean, that doesn't happen. Fumble luck. We talk about that a lot. Adam Thielen fumbles, and the game kind of spiraled out of control there. We know the Stefan Diggs pick six with uh, Cousins on the miscommunication, but that was a lot closer than everybody, you know, the final score indicated, and Drew Brees could do nothing in that. I do want to say two big notes on the injuries. Number one, Marcus Davenport, their great pass rusher, had two sacks last week against the Vikings. He's out for a month. He will not play for the Saints. And on the Rams, quietly, they traded for Dante Fowler who was a former first-round pick out of Florida. The Rams' defensive line lynch now features Dante Fowler and Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald. That's quite scary. I'm going to go Rams here. I like the Rams a lot in this spot, actually. Solid bet. I don't like them as much. I don't know that I'll have any money on this game because this is just such a tight lines it's going to be such a fantastic game but to your point the rams were already 12th in defensive dvoa before the moves that they made this week and they have a better offense than the saints i know they're on the road but i think in you know at mercedes-benz stadium the rams probably have as good of a chance to take advantage of the the situation as the saints do minus of course the crowd noise and everything but playing indoors i think that that works in the rams favor as well so yeah the rams getting points here i like that play it's just tough for me to make any kind of real play on this game between two te- two of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, we, we just wanted to talk about this game, but I, you're right. If you're looking at actually value and wagering, this feels like a coin flip game. Last team with the ball wins. I do want to remind you, last year these two teams met. Gurley could not run the football. He had like 70 yards rushing, but it was Cooper Cup who killed them. He had like eight catches, I believe, over 100 yards. And again, the Saints run defense number one in the league in several categories. Uh, I don't know that Gurley's going to have the space to operate. Cooper Cup, I believe he's been practicing this week off the injury. He missed the Packers game. That is going to be probably the most important player for me in this game. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! On to our money line picks. These are picks where, 
you know, the spread interests us, but not enough. And maybe there's more value on the money line. Now, Lynch, uh, I struck out last week taking the Packers on the money line. It was close. Who do you like this week on the money line? The Green Bay Packers. <laughs> it's tough. You know, we just talked about Packers Patriots. And again, I think the Patriots do cover that five and a half point spread. Uh, I think they probably win by a touchdown. With that said, this money line is plus 200 for Green Bay, meaning you're betting $100 to win $200, getting $300 total back. And to me, this comes down to how much faith do I put in my numbers, or the Football Outsider DVOA numbers in particular, which I have such faith in that I practically call them my own. <laughs> the New England Patriots are 10th in total DVOA. They're 12.2% better than an average team so far this season. The Green Bay Packers are 11th. 10th and 11th, right next to each other. Not only that, the Packers are 6th in offense. The Patriots are 7th in offense. The Packers are 20th in defense. The Patriots are 16th in defense. So much of these numbers, it's you have to take with a grain of salt with New England because we've talked about before how they kind of treat September like an extended preseason. So how much do those you know first four games factor into who the Patriots are right now? I know all of that. With all of that said... Getting two to one between two teams that are fairly evenly matched, according to my preferred metric, I've got to feel a little froggy and leap there. It's probably a half unit play for me, uh, but I think of all the money lines out there, that's the one where I see the most value, knowing full well that I lose more often than not. And again, if you anytime you got Aaron Rodgers under center, yeah, you got a chance. Listen, I, let's be honest. If Ty Montgomery doesn't fumble last week, do you think Aaron Rodgers scores? Uh, I don't. I th- wow, what? I, I mean, I get it. I, Aaron Rodgers is great. He's fantastic. It's just tough to go, you know, the, the length of the field like that. Okay, let's say Aaron Rodgers does score. What do you think the line is then for Packers-Patriots? Are we like three and a half? I don't think it's going to be three, but, but three and yeah, a half. Yeah, three and a half feels about okay, right. Okay, so yeah. then is there an overreaction to what happened? But five and a half, I think this number ticks up. All right, let's move on to my money line pick. And listen, I like a lot of games that we're not going to dive into. I like Seattle a lot this week, but there's no value there on the money line. I like Denver. No value on the money line. I kind of lean Atlanta. I had initially liked the Redskins, but I'm looking at Atlanta. No really value. like Atlanta as you, well. You like Atlanta? Okay. But my money line pick, this is probably the most confident I've been in a money line pick this season. The Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road. They're getting three, but they're plus 130 on the money line. So if you want to drop 100 bucks, you're going to make 130. I Listen, I get the better quarterback, no doubt, in Ben Roethlisberger. I get the revenge factor. Steelers lost at home. I don't know how much you want to put that in your bowl of soup when you uh, you know put everything together to make a decision here. But I also look at the injuries, Lynch, and the Baltimore Ravens are decimated right now, okay? Three offensive linemen missed practice Wednesday. Both tackles are hurt and a guard. Three defensive starters missed practice. Now, that could just be the wear and tear. Remember, they were on the road for four out of five weeks, and that was something I missed, and I'm so pissed about it in that Carolina game. And they got beat up at the line of scrimmage badly by the Carolina Panthers. The guy you want to keep an eye on is C.J. Mosley, their great linebacker. He's everywhere. If he can't play, and I, I don't know that he can't play, but we'll see if he— But missing practice, to me, means something. And the offensive line certainly is an issue. I, I just think Pittsburgh here, I like what I see out of them uh, last week against Cleveland. You know, I know they struggled out of the gate coming off the bye, but the Connor situation, I mean, he's running the football really strongly. 
Steelers are fifth in adjusted sack rate uh, on the defensive line, and when Joe Flacco is under pressure, he turns the ball over. Uh, obviously, the same can be said for Big Ben. I really think those offensive line injuries are going to be kind of the deciding factor in this game. I think this is a very solid bet for you. All right. All right, so there's our money line picks. Lynch has the Packers, plus 200. I'm all over Pittsburgh, plus 130. Now, are you ready for some football? Thursday night football, uh, Mr. Lynch, this is not a marquee matchup. It will be on Fox. I will be watching. But at the outset of the podcast, I teased the idea of an NFL game reminding me of the cantina scene from Star Wars. This is it. This is the game. When I look at the Raiders, Marshawn Lynch, where's, oh, he's on the IR. Amari Cooper, oh, he's gone. So it's like, you walk into the cantina, you see all these weird people and like, where am I? That's what I get when I look at the Raiders, right? It's Derek Carr. Their starting running back is Doug Martin, okay? Doug Martin, that cast off from Tampa. Their leading receiver, Jordy Nelson. Like, I think Jordy Nelson, Green Bay. And then, heck, I look at the 49ers, and now, you know, producer Conrad's telling us C.J. Beathard is 50-50. They may start somebody at quarterback named Nick Mullins, who went to Southern Miss. Uh, listen, I bet on a lot of college football games. I consider myself well-versed in college football. I've never heard the name Nick Mullins. I don't know what's going on. This game is crazy. All that being said, um, give me the Raiders. Yeah, this is not one that we need to dive too deep into. Give me the Raiders here. I'm Actually, J-Mac, can I shake your hand and congratulate yes. you on a great college football Saturday last oh, week? Oh, everybody Congratulations. You have a better grip right now than C.J. Beathard. Like, <laughs> there, if, if I'm, as someone who's going to back the Raiders tonight, I am rooting for Beathard to play, even though I, like Mullins is a complete unknown and probably will not play very well. Like, Give me the quarterback who can't hold on to the football, might just fumble at taking the snap, <laughs> let alone under pressure. And I'm still... Listen, I have come on this podcast week in, week out, and said, fade John Gruden, fade John Gruden, yeah. fade John Gruden. And I'm looking for every potential spot to fade John Gruden. All that said, I still like Derek Carr. I like this Raiders passing game. They're ninth in passing DVOA. And the 49ers, what do they do well other than lose to the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, they don't do anything straight. well. Yeah, they're so, bad. again, give me, give me the plus uh, – give me the plus – Sorry. Is it two and a half or three? Plus uh, two and a half right now. Give me the points. Yeah. So money pouring in on the Raiders. I do want to ask you, Lynch. So you said something. Fade John Gruden. Fade John Gruden. And we've talked on this you know, podcast about hot streaks and riding a team, both sides, whether it's you know uh, as favorites or underdogs. I actually, I, I, I want to ask you, like, how do you know when to jump off or do you ride it until it ends? For instance, and we'll get to the college picks, Alabama first half, undefeated this year. I've bet it every week. It's cashing for me. Do I want to jump off this week? We'll discuss it in a minute. But with fate, John Gruden, is this the week you say, well, let's flip it? I think it's more of an overarching principle. I, I come into a Raiders game saying, okay, I know I want to fade John Gruden here. Or John Gruden is negative value for the Raiders is probably a better way of saying it. Then I start to look at matchups. Then I start. So it's, it's only one piece of the right. pie to me. That said, like, if I don't see John Gruden making adjustments, then I'm going to continue to incorporate that negative value into my assessment of a game. If you don't see that Alabama first half line getting to a point where you think the Crimson Tide can't cover, keep betting. It. Yeah. You know, it's, it really is that simple in a, in a sense. Is It's less about 
a trend and more about how that trend fits into how you analyze the game. Well said. So just to recap, currently money coming in on the Raiders. I don't know how much of it has to do with C.J. Beathard. I doubt he's worth a point anyway. He's, I mean, come on, we're talking about C.J. Beathard. Uh, currently 49ers favored by 2.5. I just got Raiders at 2.5. I would actually pay a little more to get them at 3. I got no problem with that. I think this line continues to come down. Lynch, is this a full unit play for you or no? Full unit play for me on John Gruden. God bless America. Two smart guys back in the Oakland Raiders. We're doomed. Put your foot in the ground. Talk to me with your face. You know what I'm saying? What you've all been waiting for, obviously, because I've been a little hot, caught a heater here in college football, 11-3 and the last three weeks. The college football schedule this weekend. Producer Conrad is a big college football gambler. He's diving deep into it every week. This is a great week for college football. Now, I like to look at home dogs. Not a lot of good ones on the schedule. I'm going to warn you, these are some very chalky picks for, what is this, week 10 in college football. Should we start with Alabama LSU? And I wanted to ask you, Lynch, as well. Alabama 14, I'm seeing 14 and a half. I'm sorry. I, I don't care if it's 14 and a half. I don't care if it's 15. I don't think LSU can hang with them. I know Alabama hasn't really played anybody, but LSU, you need offense to be able to hang with Tua. You know, Tua has not had a three and out back-to-back this season. This is a team that averages 54 points a game. And again, I will repeat, yes, they haven't beaten anybody. Yes, Baton Rouge will be lit. It's going to be on fire Saturday night. But their great linebacker, Devin White. He's going to have to miss the first half for kind of a bogus targeting call. It's it's really unfortunate for LSU. But producer Conrad, I, I will say this. I'm all in on, no joke, Alabama in the first half. I haven't even seen a number. I don't care if it's seven, eight, eight and a half. I would even take nine, nine and a half. I'm taking Alabama. This is a juggernaut, folks. They've covered every first half this season. So I'm on Alabama first half, and I'm on 14. It's now at 14 and a half. This could be over, Producer Conrad, by halftime when Devin White for LSU, who's a top 10 pick when he takes the field. Unfortunately, I think run opposite sides here. No! You can't tell me that he's going to walk into Death Valley and come out with a W that easily. It never happens that easily, J-Mac, unfortunately. I think this game is not going to be settled by halftime, and I do think... LSU could be the play on the money line. Money line! Sprinkle a little bit of that on there. Oh, Wet the beak a little goodness. bit, J-Mac. Yeah, no, okay. All right, next up, Michigan, favored by 10.5 against Penn State. I'm all over the Wolverines here. Remember, revenge for last year. Remember James Franklin running up the score? <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, this Michigan defense is nasty. They are really containing people. I actually think Michigan's going to beat Ohio State this year. I think they handle Penn State easily this week. Penn State, you know, I mean, listen— they didn't, weren't able to cover against Iowa last week. I had Iowa barely got it, got in there. Thank you, Iowa. I love Michigan, favored by 10.5. Next up, the Missouri Tigers. Oh, boy. Let me just tell you this scene. So last week, I go to coach my daughter's soccer team. And Missouri's up 14-3. I'm feeling good. I'm like, another 4-1, baby. Let's go, Drew Locke. And they totally melted down in the second half. Missouri didn't have a first down in the second half. That's a real stat. Like with an NFL quarterback, how does that happen? And Kentucky stormed back and won won the game at the buzzer and covered. I'm going with Missouri again. This is a Florida Gator hangover. Remember the cocktail party last week against Georgia. Early kickoff. I don't think the the Florida Gator fans down there in Gainesville are going to be up for this one because it's lowly Missouri. Give me Missouri getting six. Next up. 
And listen, I like a lot of games this week. I nearly took Oklahoma, Clemson, Maryland, Oregon. I'm going with NC State, favored by 8.5 against FSU. I know NC State's lost two straight on the road. They were 5-0 and in ranked, and now they face a bad FSU team. This should be double figures. Give me NC State, favored by 8.5, or favored by 8. And finally, Baylor getting 7.5. This is a letdown spot, a sandwich game, if you will. This is a roast beef sandwich special. Oklahoma State, of course, last week had the big win against Texas. Now they play lowly Baylor. Next week, they've got Bedlam against Oklahoma. Give me Baylor getting 7.5. So to recap, I like Alabama, favored by whatever number you can get. I like Michigan, favored by 10.5. Missouri getting 6. NC State, favored by 8. Those are your winners. Oh, and Baylor, plus 7.5. I got one more for you, too, Oh, fire away. Oh, yeah, here we go. Got a little Georgia at Kentucky action. I think Kentucky's going to be beaten down. They've played a pretty decent schedule so far. I think Georgia walks into Kentucky. Mike Stoops' defense allowing 13 points a game. They're going to allow 30 to Georgia. Woo! Georgia's taking well, home. They're celebrating in Lexington after last week's win. I mean, it is, it's just a party. They're ranked in the top 15 right now. I guess the playoff ranking came out, and they're near the top. Kentucky's got a shot. Perfect spot. Good call for Georgia to come in and hammer and to wrap up this edition of Coming Up Winners, I just want to quickly offer some extra sweat. If you've got it in you and you really are feeling ambitious, folks, I'm close to taking my first road double-digit favorite. Yes, the Chicago Bears, favored by 10 in Buffalo. And there's only one reason for it. Nathan Peterman. I mean, we're talking about a historically bad quarterback taking the field against, according to DVOA, the number one defense in the NFL. Now, remember, last week, Sam Darnold had to go into Chicago and face the Bears defense without Khalil Mack. The Jets could barely move the football they weren't able to cover. Now the Bears go into Buffalo. Buffalo on a short week after that Patriots game, and they were in that game for three-plus quarters. I don't think they'll be able to handle the Bears offensively. I think you can chalk up a Nathan Peterman pick six, at least one, right? We could give him one. I think the Bears, and I don't ever give out double-digit road favorites. This is really costly. Everybody's going to take them in their survivor pools, assuming anybody's alive given the carnage earlier this season. But that's my final extra sweat. The Bears, favored by 10 in Buffalo. For Andrew Lynch, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Good luck this weekend. We will talk to you Monday.